Good morning, Hatfield family. This morning, we are wrapping up our Faith Promise Sundays and also want to celebrate an incredible 2019 Faith Promise Year, which comes to an end today. Before we get to that, though, let's worship the Lord together. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are your voice.
Sometimes I feel you Sometimes I don't And Sometimes I'll hear you Sometimes I won't But this I know With all my heart And all my soul When you feel this And darkness near When my faith is waiting Through doubt and fear This I know With all my heart And all my soul Lord, as we think of who you are and your grace, the glory that we see in the heavens, the glory that we see in the skies, and think of your love for us, think of your grace and the peace that you give us when we focus in on you and we settle our eyes on you. Oh, make the Lord your home. Make the Lord your resting place. He is a Lord of hosts. He is mighty and he is fighting for you and for me. He's gracious and he's kind and he's full of compassion. 
Oh Lord, we lift your name on high. We love you, Lord. Who is there like you, God? In the heavens and the earth, we can search and find that there is absolutely none like you. Love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Oh, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. Oh, mighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns the chariots with fire. Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. Lift your voices, lift your voices, you worship. 
one who calms the wind and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage, I know my God is in control. Though oceans roar, you are the Lord of all, the one who calms the wind and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage, I know my God is in control. of love, your arms of grace and mercy, you've poured out your love on us. And you've done it without holding back. You've given your love to us. We worship you, lover of our souls.
Isn't it amazing how God, by His Spirit, just pours out His love upon us in so many ways that we do not deserve, but yet He is so faithful. And I trust that continuously you are experiencing the Lord's faithfulness and His goodness towards you during this time. We're going to get ready to take up the offering right now. Won't you, as you've decided in your heart, just give to the Lord. Just give out of His faithfulness towards you. And as a response to Him, we worship Him with our tithes and our offerings. And again, thank you for your faithfulness and for your responsiveness to the Lord. Right now on the screen is coming the details, the bank account, and the snap scan that you can use for both churches. Please feel free to just give as the Lord has led you. Over the last few weeks, we've heard from our Hatfield homegrown initiatives, our partner ministries, and the missionaries supported by the Faith Promise. The fund you give to every year to bring change across the street and across the globe. If you missed anything, follow the links below to share in the incredible stories of lives changed. Without Faith Promise, I, myself, would not be standing here today. Faith Promise has enabled me to do my theology studies, to earn my degree, and now today I am a full-time pastor. And it's all because of you. It's never too late to join our Faith Promise journey. Simply click on the link below and follow the website prompts to make your pledge. Let's hand over to Pastor Louis for a synopsis of where we are at and the way forward. Thank you, Lutzolo. I want to take an opportunity right now just to thank the people of Hatfield, Hatfield East and Hatfield South 
for the amazing response to our faith promise season. At Hatfield South, this is the first time we've done it, and it's so wonderful that we have received a pledge of just over 130,000 Rand up to date. And uh, that is an amazing response, and we're so thankful for that. At Hatfield East, we're also so thankful to every person that has responded up until this point, and our pledge stands at just under 2.4 million at the time of this recording. And uh, we, are, we know that these are challenging times, and, and, uh, but we want to thank you. Thank you for responding. Thank you for your generous hearts. Thank you for giving and making use of this opportunity. Obviously, the, in the East, the 2.4 is uh, considerable less than the 6 million we were trusting for. But as we've communicated with you and spoken with you, we got the feedback from many people that said these are just such an uncertain time and they're just not quite sure what they can put their faith out for in, in this season. And uh, so that's we understand that completely. And so what we're going to do is we're going to finish our Faith Promise Sundays now and our focus on the Faith Promise season. But we're going to keep the pledge open and we're going to keep opportunities before people to, to do the pledge. And, and we want to trust that once you're certain and you have clarity in your heart about what the Lord is saying to you, that, that there will be future opportunities for you to pledge. But thank you for responding in such beautiful ways. And if you want to today, if you want to respond to the Lord and have clarity in your heart about what to pledge, please remember to do your pledge form. The, the focus that we have and that we'll put it before you constantly is coming to an end now, but we'll remind you of it every now and then, but you can pledge anytime you want to. And remember, our pledge runs from the beginning of September till the end of August that you actually start contributing and paying as you have pledged. So thank you once again for your faithfulness. We, we're so privileged and it's an amazing community of people uh, that Hatfield is and, and we just appreciate you so much. I also want to just take a moment and thank the people of Hatfield East for the pledge of 2019 and how you have fulfilled that, that pledge. At the moment, we stand at about 99% of that pledge fulfilled, but we expect that at the end of this month, we'll go over the 5.5 million and we'll probably end up with about 103% of the pledge fulfilled. That's amazing. And I mean, that is just Awesome. So thank you so much for your faithfulness in this year. And we celebrate the Lord because remember, this is a faith promise. We all put out our faith together for this. And the Lord has done more than we could even thought possible. So thank you again for another year of 2019 of your faithfulness in faith promise. May the Lord bless you in every seed that you have sowed. Before I start today's message, let me just touch on the topic of our community groups and are people allowed to meet together in community groups? And the answer, in short, is yes. As long as you keep with the restrictions as put forth by the government, please, you're welcome to meet with your community groups again and get together. I know many of you have been so excited and looking forward to doing this, and, and we want to encourage you, if you can, if you want to, then get together in your community groups. We'll be talking to the community group leaders about the how to do that and what to do because there are regulations that are very important that we adhere to. Uh, there's no more than 10 visitors allowed. You must practice social distancing. Sanitation is important. The washing of hands and, and keeping the venue in the, in the right state and everything. And, uh, but if you can keep to those regulations and if you want to, please continue to meet in your community groups. But uh, I want to ask also that people that don't want to meet in community groups or can't, that you do involve them if they're part of your community group. If you're deciding as a community group, you're going to get together uh, and physically meet but there's people that can't or doesn't want to, won't you just keep contact with them, keep them involved, perhaps even open up the Zoom uh, call for them and they can look into the group and be part of the group in that way. But uh, we're not forcing anybody to be part of a community group, but if you want to, you're more than welcome to do that as long as you keep with the regulations. So isn't that exciting? And uh, we'll be, as I said earlier, we'll be communicating with the group leaders and making sure that you have all the, the rules that needs to be applied and everything, but it's going to be great to be meeting together again. So it's amazing that we can meet on a Sunday like this, and it is an honor and a privilege for me and anybody else that gets to on this platform to share the word with you. And I'm particularly excited about today's message. The title of the message is Boats and Storms. And I want to talk about experiences that the disciples had while they were in boats in storms. And uh, there's a very familiar passage of scripture that we often encourage with each other with as believers. And I want to read that for you from Matthew 8. And it's one of those occasions where Jesus and his disciples encountered a storm and boats were involved. Um, in verse 23 of Matthew 8, he says the following is told to us by Matthew. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. So Jesus got in a boat with his disciples. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. 
The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Amazing scripture. Yet Jesus is in the boat. Remember, these guys were fishermen. They didn't get scared of any little wind. They were used to the, 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 the waves and the wind. But this time around, there was a serious wind, and so they were frightened. So they, they call upon Jesus. They say, Jesus, don't you care? Jesus addresses the storm and the storm dies out. Now, often we use this story as we're encouraging each other as believers. And we, when we face a storm in our lives or that represents some difficulty that we're going through, some really challenging time, we'll say to each other, just remember Jesus is in the boat with you. Jesus is there with you and, and he's got you covered, man. He's, he's going to get you through the storm. You don't have to worry about the storm. Jesus is in the boat with you. And it's wonderful that we can encourage each other other with that from the story and, and it's true Jesus is in the boat with us often because if you just think about it and read the scripture some more it's not always true that Jesus is in the boat with you last year we were at a service at Atfield East and uh, in our time of worship uh, the media guys put up a, a, a photo uh, that's going to come on your screen right now of a of a rowing boat that's on a storm and this it's empty and when I saw that picture in that service, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me immediately and just remind me that sometimes we go into a storm and we're in a storm and Jesus is not in the boat with us. Why do I say this? I want to read for you another story, another time where Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and there was a storm. Well, in this case, actually, the disciples were in the boat. Jesus wasn't with them and there was a storm. And this we read in Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Remember the first story in Matthew 8, and Jesus and the disciples got into the boat together. Now it says Jesus made the disciples get in the boat, but he didn't join them, and he made them cross over the sea. So this was an occasion where Jesus wasn't in the boat with the disciples. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. He needed some alone time. He needed some time with the Father. So he went and prayed. They went onto the lake with the boat. Later that night, he was there alone. So a while later, a number of hours later, and the boat was really a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So a storm was arriving. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. So they've spent most of the night on the sea with a storm raging around them. I, th I, I can guarantee you that they were thinking, where is Jesus? Why isn't he in the boat with us? And they were remembering that previous time that they were on, this, on the lake, the storm was raging, and Jesus calmed the storm. And they were going, why did he do this to us now? Why did he send us out onto the sea into a storm? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on a lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out and cried out in fear. If we take these two stories together, then the reality is there's times when Jesus is in the boat with us. And from that position of being in the boat with us, he addresses the storm and helps us deal with the storms in our lives. But there are also times when we are in the boat, the storm's raging, and Jesus is not in the boat with us because Jesus is walking on the water. And this, in this occasion, we see this amazing story that takes place. The storm's going, the waves are, are up and down, and the wind's blowing, the disciples are in the boat, they're they struggling, and then just before dawn, so it's still dark, Jesus comes walking towards them on the sea. Now, why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus come and walk on the water towards them? Was this come some kind of party trick? Was this some, some show off that Jesus was doing? No, according to theologians and, and commentators of the, of the gospel of John, in the gospel of John, lots of miracles are recorded, but every miracle has a purpose to show the lordship and, the, and that Jesus is the master of a certain aspect of our lives. And this story is where Jesus shows his disciples and shows us, and John records it in a way to show us that Jesus is the master, uh, in Matthew recording it here, but in the gospel of John, when he records it, he does it for these purposes. For, uh, for they show us that Jesus is the master and the lord of nature. So when Jesus walks on the water, he is showing his disciples that he has the final authority even over nature or included over nature. In Colossians 1 verse 16, there's an amazing verse that, that tells us about this. In, in that verse, it says that everything was made through 
and for Jesus. Let me read you the verse. For in him all things were created. Jesus is the creator. He is the creator of everything. By his agency, everything that exists has come to pass. Things in heaven and on earth. And in this context, we can also translate it to mean material things and spiritual things. Everything in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, has come to pass because of Jesus. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. So when Jesus was walking on the water, he was showing that the water is submitted to him. Nature, everything in nature is submitted to him. So he wasn't as much walking on the water as the water was taking its rightful place at the feet of Jesus. That's what this miracle was about. Remember at the first time in Matthew 4, how they ended that, uh, that, that passion of scripture of the description and what the disciples said to one another after Jesus quieted the storm. They said these words, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So that's why these miracles are shown to us in the scripture, that even the winds and the waves, which for these disciples was something that had great power and great influence over their lives, had a great, they lived their lives by the winds and the waves. These, many of them, they, that this had great power and authority in their lives. They, they could decide to go fishing based on the winds and the waves. Their economy, their life was driven by the winds and the waves. And here Jesus comes walking on the winds and the waves, saying to them, as much authority and as impact as these things may have in your life, I have a far greater authority. I am the final authority. I am the one who is the master of everything. That was the reason Jesus came and walked on the water. Scary moment. Uh, uh, it looks to them like it's a ghost because they don't know in their frame of reference, in their mind, they don't know what to do with Jesus walking on the water. It doesn't fit into anything that they understand. Their mind is being expanded. Their understanding is being stretched at this point in time as Jesus comes walking on the water. Now an amazing thing happens as we continue to read in, um, in verse 27. But Jesus said to them, immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Wow, what an amazing response. Just, just put yourself in that boat for a moment. Here you see Jesus coming on the water. You, you're concerned already. You, you're stressed out because of the waves and the wind and the struggle. Then you see something that looks like a ghost and you have to deal with that little bit of fear. Then Jesus speaks to you. He's walking on the water. What's your first response going to be? What, what are you going to do? I, I'll be honest with you. I think I would say to Jesus, come, get into the boat. We need you in the boat with us. Come, come here. Come closer. Come, climb in the boat with us. But that's not Peter's response. And perhaps that was the other 11 disciples. That's what they were saying, waving Jesus over to the boat. Peter says, Lord, if you want, tell me and I will come to you. What an amazing response. I'm sure you've, we've all done something in our life, like me, where, where you, say, you sign up for something or you say, yes, I'm going to do it. And, and then you do it, but once you get going, you go, oh, what was I thinking? I didn't think this through. I think this was one of those moments for Peter where he was like gung-ho, he was keen. You know, Jesus, if you tell me, I'll walk on the water. And then he, and then he, he gets out of the boat. And, and I want to walk you through the rest of the story just now. But a, an amazing event, isn't it? Now, I want to tell you this. What we have to understand is that, yes, Jesus sometimes is in the boat with us. And, and I, I, I don't want to diminish that. That's very important. There's moments where we, have, we are in a storm and we have to discern and understand that Jesus is in the boat and that we rely on him to address the storm and quiet the storm. But you see, if Jesus is always in the boat with us, then there will never be times where he can walk, call us to walk on the water with him, where we can experience that. So if we only want Jesus as believers to be in the boat with us, if, if that's our place of comfort, that Jesus is always in the boat with me, then are we actually doing is we're limiting what God can do in us also. Because if Jesus is calling us out of the boat, then that means there's another aspect of a miracle that he wants to do. And this is the trick for us. We have to understand, where am I comfortable? Where is my place of safety? Is it in the boat or is it where Jesus is? Now, we feel comfortable and safe in the boat. That's why there's a boat. 
And it's right and it's proper and it's great if Jesus is in the boat with us in that place and creating a sense of comfort. And there's seasons in our life. I'll be honest with you, there's seasons in my life where that's exactly what I need. I need Jesus in the boat with me to speak to the storm. And it's right and he does that. But there's also times where Jesus will say, no, your safe place is not in the boat. Your safe place is on the water with me. It's in the place of the challenge. It's in the place of the storm. Right there, exposed to the threat, in the, in the midst of it. That's where Jesus is. And it's easy for us to say, my, my safe place is wherever Jesus is. But what if Jesus is in the storm? Is that still what I believe? Is that still what I do? And that's what was being tested here right at this moment. Were the disciples prepared to step out and, and recognize the authority and the lordship of Jesus over the storm? Or were they only prepared to, uh, to recognize the authority and lordship of Jesus within the boat? Or could they take that further step? And this is what Peter did. And he, and he got out of the boat. And I want to talk to you a little bit about getting out of the boat. And uh, what's important if you want to walk on the water? Every one of us are called to walk on the water. I believe this time... Uh, over COVID-19, as I said to you, this word I, I actually received last year, at the end of last year, and I've shared it with our leadership teams uh, before, but I've never preached it. And over this time of COVID-19, I kept being reminded by people and by the Lord just of this, this message that I shared. And I believe at that time, I felt the Lord was saying to us, there's coming a time where he's going to challenge us to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And I believe these last months has been a part of that. And we've started walking on the water in some ways. I, I want to commend not only our church and our people, but many churches that have stepped out of the boat, that have, that have begun to walk on water, that have been prepared to take the risk and do things differently and step forward in the Lord during these challenging times. And it's displayed a belief that God is in control, that He is the highest authority, not the storm. But if you want to walk on the water, there's a couple of things that you have to understand and I have to understand. The first thing is if you want to walk on the water, you must know his will. It's great that Peter didn't just jump out of the boat and decide, I'm going to walk on the water. He had enough sense to know that he couldn't walk on water, but he could walk on the word of Jesus. And therefore he said, Lord Jesus, if it is your will, if you want me to come to you, call me and I will come. And it's because of knowing God's will that he could step out on God's will. If it's not God's will for him to walk on the water, he'd put his first foot in the water and he'd sink. But if it was God's will, he could fulfill through, fall through on that. And that's very important. You see, God's will is the highest authority. When Jesus was walking on that water, he was displaying the mastery and the authority of his will over the mastery and the authority of the will of the water. He was saying, my authority, my will is more important. It's more determinative. It's the final authority is what I want. So when he said to Peter, come, come to me, walk on the water. He was saying, that's my will. And my will is the highest authority, carries the final command, my will. And that's what we need in our lives. Lord, what is your will? Because that's the highest authority. That's the supreme truth. And if I know what God's will is, and it's not always easy to discover God's will. It takes everything in us. You discover it, the scripture says, because you seek him with all of your heart. But when you discover God's will, if God declares something to be his will, then that becomes possible. Then I can step out on that. I can walk on that which is the will of God. Of God. Here in this situation, Jesus decided that his will was not only to command the storm, but was to walk all over the storm. And he wanted his disciples to step into that level of authority, where they did not just quiet the storm, but they walked all over the storm. There's times in our lives, man, where a storm rages against you, where something rises up against you, and it feels like everything's conspiring to destroy you. Perhaps you're a business person, and right now it feels like your business, that everything's working against it, or in your family, in your relationships, or your personal finances, or your health. It may be a storm that arises up against you, and it feels like it's going to just destroy you. But there's times where Jesus says, no, we've got to walk all over this storm, because I have the highest authority. And that's the world we want to live in. It's where we believe and we know and we live this truth that Jesus has the highest authority. So Jesus says, come, walk 
on the water. Now, I find it fascinating that, that for Peter to do this, that there was a level of risk involved. I mean, just think about it. Yeah, G- Peter says, Lord, if you tell me, I'll come walking on the water to you. Jesus in that moment knew that people, that, uh, sorry, that Peter was an inexperienced walker, water walker. He's never done it before. He knew that there was a storm. He knew that Peter was taking a risk. Now, if, if all that was important to Jesus was that Peter be safe and be at peace, he would never have said to Peter, come and walk towards me. But this fascinating, isn't it, that in this situation, Jesus is prepared to risk with Peter, to put Peter at risk. And he says to Peter, come, walk towards me. You see, and we know this, and many people have said that, there's no growth that happens in the comfort zone. If the boat's the comfort zone, if the boat's the place of safety, it may not feel altogether safe and altogether comfortable, but it's much more safe and comfortable than out on the water. There's no growth that happens in the boat. The growth happens when you step out. If there's no faith response, we can't grow. And Jesus knew that, and that for him was more important than Peter's safety and Peter's security and Peter's inner peace even at that time. He said to Peter, come. And he exposed Peter to the risk of stepping out and walking on the water. And that's the second thing I want to say to you. First of all, you must know his will if you want to walk on water. Know that it's his will. Secondly, you must know that you have to get out of the boat. You must get out of the boat. You can't walk on water in the boat. Well, if you're starting to walk on water in the boat, there's a problem. Because then there's a leak in the boat. To walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. You've got to step out. You've got to go beyond your comfort zone. And right now, God is not afraid for, with His church. He believes in us. He believes in the, what He's put in us by the Holy Spirit. He's invested a lot of in us, and He has faith in that. Remember when we spoke about Job, where God said to, to Satan, look at my servant Job. God is the same with us. He says, look at my people. There's power in them that I have put in them, and I believe in them. And, and Jesus says, come, you can do this. You can walk on the water, but you have to get out of the boat. You have to be prepared to take the risk. You have to expose yourself. Now this is not risk for the sake of risk. That's why I started with the first thing is you must know it's God's will. If I know it's God's will, and that may take a process, and that involves a discipline of determining if it's God's will. But if I know something is God's will, if God has spoken, there always is that time where I have to now step out. Where it's not real yet. And you can sit in the boat and you can talk about walking on water. You can present seminars on walking on water. You can have prayer meetings about walking on water. But until you swing your feet over the edge and start walking on the water, you're not walking on water. And Jesus was calling Peter to say, you can do this. You can do more than what you ever thought possible. And so he took the risk with Peter. And Peter took the risk. You must get out of the boat. What is the storm that you are facing right now? And what is the boat where you find your safety and security? What is God saying to you? Again, please remember, there's times where the Lord will say to you, you need to stay in the boat and I will speak to the storm. But there's times where they may call you. All I want you to understand is that, that there's both options. Don't just limit God to he has to be in the boat with me and he has to address the storm outside of my challenge. No, sometimes he's right there and he calls you deeper into the challenge. He calls you deeper into the risk because he's got authority there. And we need to live in that space of his ultimate authority and his ultimate lordship. But how do you know the difference you're going to say to me? But how do I know? You see, that's the thing with Christianity. Christianity is a response to a relationship with God, as I spoke about last week. The only time you'll know is when, it, when is it in the boat, when is it out of the boat, is because the Holy Spirit will lead you because you'll draw near to the Lord. You can't, there's, no, there's no rule book I can give you. There's no criteria checklist that says, oh, if these things are true, then I must stay in the boat. If these things are true, I must get out of the boat. The Spirit's voice is the one that will guide you and lead you. And he speaks, he's faithful. Remember, God speaks to his children. He is, it's, it's so important for him that we know his will, that he finds a way to make it known to us if we seek him. If we make it the thing that is all important to us, if we recognize that his voice carries the highest authority, he will speak if we seek him with all of our heart. So you must get out of the boat. No risk, no growth. 
The last thing I want to say, and read, let's read about it in the second part of verse 30, where it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. The third thing I want to say is, if you, what you must know is will. You must get out of the boat, and then you must keep focus. Isn't it amazing? Just, just recognize this. That Jesus was exercising authority and lordship over the storm by walking all over it. But the storm didn't die down. The storm didn't stop. The storm kept going. And even when Peter started walking, the storm didn't give up. The storm didn't say, oh, okay, I've been beaten. I surrender. I give up. The storm kept raging. And Peter had to now start beginning to exercise his faith. Peter's faith exercise was not, I have faith to walk on water. That's what, that, that not what he had to have faith for. He didn't have to have faith to say, I can walk on water. His faith exercise was, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the highest authority. Jesus is the master of everything. That was the faith exercise. So when Peter was walking on the water and he kept his focus on Jesus and recognized that what Jesus wants is the final authority in this situation, Jesus' will will be done. This is literally what it means. It says, when, when we say, Lord, let your will be done, we're saying, Lord, you have the power and the authority to make your will come to pass. And therefore, we're going to step out on it. We believe, Lord, that you are in control and that ultimately your will will be done. Nothing, nobody can stop that, can change that. God's will will be done. It's a fight. It's a battle like we spoke about in Daniel. And when we did our prayer series, it, it can take time. It's a wrestle. But nothing can stop God's will from being done. And so when Peter walked on the water and he looked at Jesus and he kept his eyes on Jesus and he kept his focus on that and said, Jesus, you are the Lord. You said I must walk on water. Therefore, I can walk on water because your word is final. Your authority is the highest authority. He would walk. But we know what happened with Peter. It says he started looking at the waves. Now, when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked to the waves, what actually happened in that moment is he reduced the authority of Jesus and he ascribed authority to the waves. And a very natural thing that kicked in, and he started looking at these waves, and out of his experience, out of everything he knew about life, everybody that gets out on the water sinks. Everybody that tries to get out in a storm will definitely not make it. So he the, the water, the, the, the storm was shouting and crying out for its authority, for its voice to be heard, for its uh, ma majesty to be recognized. And when Peter looked away from Jesus and looked at the storm, he then said, okay, but the storm has authority here. The storm has power. And he reduced the power of Jesus and ascribed authority to the storm. And then he sank. And then he fell into the water and had to be saved and rescued by Jesus. You see, every one of us, our storms are different. Your storm and my storm have sometimes are so vastly different. There's things that we, storms we have in common. I think it's one of the amazing things about right now, all over the world, we have this one storm in common across all mankind, almost COVID-19, and the effect it's had on our livelihoods, our, our, our economies, our communities, our relationships. We've got we, the storm in common, but we also have storms that are pretty unique to every one of our situations. But the thing is, no matter what that storm is, it doesn't have authority that comes close to the authority of Jesus. Jesus is the Lord and the Master. And I have to believe, where do I assign authority to? Because where I give authority to is to what I will respond. If I give authority to the storm, I let the storm determine my behavior. If I give authority to Jesus, I let Jesus determine my response and my behavior. And that's why when Jesus got in the boat back with Peter into with the disciples, he said these very strong, sometimes we may think harsh words, where he said, O ye of little faith. He said it to Peter while Peter was saying, O ye of little faith. And over many times in the Gospels, we see Jesus say that. Why does he say that? Because that's the issue. Faith is the key. And faith is, what do I put my trust in? And right in that moment, Peter's faith was, do I trust in Jesus or do I trust in the storm? 
Do I trust that the will of Jesus will come to pass or do I trust that the will of the storm will come to pass? And it literally comes down to a calculation of which one has the greatest authority and the greatest ability to exercise its will. Will Jesus be able to exercise his will or will the storm be able to exercise its will? And he had to decide. And that's why Jesus said, if you doubt, if you doubt, you will sink. If you doubt, you will go down and you will be submitted to the authority of the storm. But if you have faith, you will live under the authority of Jesus. So faith means to obey God's will. Fear means to obey the storm's will. And we always have a choice. We always, in every situation, have a choice. And the exercising of that choice determines so much of the direction of our lives. Natasha always says faith has a directional quality. It determines the way we go in. If you respond in faith, it is everything against is it may sound and look like it's against this truth, but Jesus has the highest authority. Therefore, I will obey what he says. Or by fear, the storm actually has the authority to make its will be done. And therefore, I will submit to its authority. So I want to say as I wrap up, remind you, right now you may be in a storm. Right now you may be confronted with a, a raging elements against you. Like I said earlier, it may feel like everything is coming against you. First thing is you need to seek God's will. And I want to tell you this. You need to seek God's will. You can't seek God's will in proxy through somebody else. You can, get, you can go to other people and they can help you understand God's will, but you have to seek God's will. You can't pay a prophet and get a word, and they'll tell you what God's word is. Now, that may sound like I'm breaking down prophecy. No, no. Prophecy is there to help me understand what God is saying to me. Peter, Peter needed to hear from Jesus himself. I tell you, when you face a storm, you want to know that you know that you know that it is God that spoke to you, that it wasn't somebody else's word, but it was God that spoke to you. It's very powerful and very necessary that that word sometimes, if it's really stepping out, is confirmed by the prophetic word of others, confirmed by the voice of my, 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 my friends, my community, even my leaders, that it becomes very powerful and it helps me to be able to say, I know that this is God's will. So that when I step out of the boat onto the storm, the storm doesn't die down. The storm may even pick up in its intensity to try and push me back into the boat and challenge me. But it's at that moment where I need to know this is God's will. So I want to say to you, seek God's will. If there's a storm going in your life, take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, what is your will? Do you want to come into the boat with me and speak to the storm. And I think that, to be honest with you, that would be our preference in every situation. That Jesus would be in the boat with me and that he would speak to the storm and the storm would quiet down. I mean, I'd prefer that every time. But that's where I've got to be careful. To be able to hear when the Lord says, come, come to the water. Come walk on the water with me. Because I want to tell you, Church of the Lord Jesus, it's the risks we take at this moment based on God's will that will cause us to advance the kingdom. If you are not prepared to step out on God's word, the kingdom will not grow. We will not win more souls for Jesus. We will not see God's kingdom extended. We will not see this world transformed into the, into the plans that God has for it if we're not prepared to step out of the water. If we only want Jesus in the boat with us and we're not to pre prepared to find our security and authority of Jesus that, that has the water at his feet, we're not going to grow. Seek God's will. Then secondly, I want to say obey God's will. Once you know God's will, you have to obey it. Seek wisdom. And how to obey it. But again, if you ask the Lord, if you seek wise counsel, you will know how to obey God's will. Obey His will. Obey His will. Step out. Take the risk. Not risk because you want to take risk, but risk because you know this is what God wants. And obey it. And when the storm rises up and the storm tries to overcome you, stay steadfast in the will of God. And that's the third point is keep on. Keep on. We see in Peter, like I said, the storm didn't die down when he started walking on it. Actually, only when they got in the boat, the storm died down. Because in that situation, the storm had done its job. It won the, the battle over Peter. Not over Christ, but with Peter. And so it died down. 
we have to keep on. Keep on believing. What is challenging in your life today? The Lordship of Jesus. What is wanting you to doubt that Jesus' will will be done? That Jesus has the highest authority? What are you experiencing right now that is threatening your faith? That wants you to respond in fear? That's the place right now where you need to say, Lord, I, I need to seek your will. I need to obey your will. And I need to keep on trusting what you are saying. So that we can establish and proclaim over this world that Jesus is the highest authority. There's no greater authority than the name of Jesus. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a series through the book of Colossians, and I'm going to, we're going to talk quite a bit about the authority of Jesus. But today, right now, can I ask you as I close, let's pray together. Pray with a cognizance, an awareness, a recognition of where your storm is right now. What is threatening the Lordship of Jesus in your life? And let's pray for the grace and the strength of God to walk on the water, to see the storm die out and be quieted. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love each of us unconditionally, without any limits, that you love us, that you only have good things in store for us, but your good, Lord, is not reduced to our personal comfort and peace. Your good is found in the place where you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, where your will be done. And therefore, Father, we don't want to live in any other place than in the place where Jesus is undoubtedly the highest authority and where Jesus' will will be done. And so, Father, we pray. I pray for every person that is with me on this broadcast today that's hearing this message. I pray that their hearts will be strengthened and encouraged today in the name of Jesus. That whatever the scope of the storm is, whatever the size of the waves are, whatever the sound of the howling winds are that they're experiencing at this point, that right now, more real than that will become the voice and the face of our Lord Jesus. That they will find peace, that they will find security, and that they will find strength in your voice and in your presence and in your face right now, in the midst of this storm, and that we will be able to respond as you desire us to respond. I pray, Lord, for those that need you to be in the boat with them at this time, for whom that is the right place. I pray right now that they will know and take comfort in the fact that you are in the boat with them and that you will speak to the storm but that the storm has not got the highest authority, you have the highest authority. For those, Lord, that are needing to step out of, this, out of the boat, out of the comfort zone, out of the relative security, and step onto the waves, because that's where you are, and you are calling them to step out on the waves, I pray that right now will arise in them the faith that will overcome the fear, and that we will step out for your name's sake. Because ultimately what is important is that your will be done and that your kingdom come. And that's what we align ourselves with. And I thank you for that. Just surround us with the knowledge of your great care, of your love for us in every situation. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and have a fantastic Sunday. Remember, there are people that are prepared to pray with you right now. You can just go online and go to our chat rooms where people will pray with you and spend a bit of time with you. In this moment. And don't miss the opportunity. We're not in this alone. We stand together and we face whatever storms there are. May you have a fantastic week. Please remember to pay attention to the announcements that will come up on the, at the end of the service. And uh, know that we love you. And that we are just so thankful to be part of this community. The Hatfield community. Bless you. Thank you Pastor Louis. And I would like to take this opportunity and say thank you for joining me over the last few weeks. It's been such a privilege and an honor going on this Faith Promise journey with you. The 2020 Faith Promise year has officially begun. Join our Facebook page for regular feedback about the lives changed through your giving. And remember, it's never too late to make your pledge. Someone changed my life by pledging. You can do the same. Blessings to you all.